You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we do believe that the best sex happens in the marriage bed or the couch or table or the pool, the backyard, the car, wherever you might be with your spouse, we think that's where sex can be the best because we want to make it uh, to where marriage not only thrives, but your sex life does as well. It comes along for the ride um, and where we have straightforward, honest conversations every week about topics that are of interest to you and the Sexy Marriage Nation. So if you want to let us know what is on your mind or questions you may have, we're asking that you give us a call at 214-702-9565. That's our voicemail line. You can be first in line with your question, or you can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where everything is read and sometimes becomes shows. Sometimes we answer off the air because we want to be a resource to help make sex and marriage all it can be for you. And if you like what you hear, or what you see on YouTube, leave a comment, jump on iTunes, um, rate and review the show. That helps us spread the word in the sexuality category that um, married sex got some good stuff going on. So (laughs) with that, I'm excited to welcome uh, my guest today, Sherry Winston. She's a sexuality teacher, um, an award-winning author, and a medical professional. And so Sherry, you've got two books, correct? I do. All right. So it's The Woman's Anatomy of Arousal, (laughs) Secret Maps to Buried Pleasure, and then Succulent Sex Craft, A Hands-On Guide to Erotic Play and Practice, which, I mean, those are fantastic titles right there in and of themselves. But Sherry, welcome to the show and to the Sexy Marriage Nation. I'm glad you can join us. Thanks so much for having me on. So I want to just dive right in. If you're if you're okay with this, because I, I feel like um, a lot of times what happens when you're talking about married sex, and when you look at the female side of it, which that seems to be a lot of where your target has been based on uh, your your past, your 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 career, you know how it's evolved. Because I did some reading on you that you were a midwife, and 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 that kind of then led into the education side and. And you've probably had a similar experience that I did that when you started talking about sex, everybody wanted more information, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, yeah. hold on. I, we could be on to something that is worth doing a whole lot more of. The sex or the information? Both. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's, it's also, but it seems like one of the things that you do very well is... Um, target some of the female aspects of sex and sexuality and the eroticism and desire. And I'm curious if you were to sum up, uh, uh, this is a difficult question right out of the gate for you, Sherry, but if, if you were to sum up um, the struggles most wives would have with their sexuality, what gets in their way the most? Well, it's a great question, and I I will get to it. I just want to say that I I teach men almost as much as I teach women now, although I did start out in the world of of birth and start out working predominantly with women, but that expanded because a lot of what I teach really is applicable to everybody, whatever kind of plumbing you have. Sure. But I do think women have 
a lot more challenges around their sexuality because I think our, our cultural model, the, the map we've been given, is a male-focused model. Right. And so uh, women, I think, are kind of left in the dark, as it were, and their partners are as well because they're doing things or their partners are doing things to them or with them that they think are supposed to work. Right. Because that's what we've, the model we've been given. Right. And then they don't. And then what often happens is we, we women tend to feel like there's something wrong with us. Okay. Right. We don't, we don't say bad map. No wonder <laughs> I can't have an orgasm um, because the map that's leading me there is, the, is wrong. We think, oh, there's something wrong with me. So, and so it's internalized or personalized rather than maybe I was sold or not given the information I, that was necessary? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, so what I always like to start out with saying to women in particular, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Um, it's just, it's like you've been, um, somebody's been trying to play the piano and they think there's 22 keys on the piano. And they're trying to make good music, and you can make some good music just with the little part of the piano. But we've got 88 keys and right. foot pedals. And so when we learn how to operate our whole instrument, and that includes all the parts of our genitals, including the ones most people have never heard about, and all of the parts of our psyche, of our heart, our mind, and, and our spiritual path as well, really, when we... Uh, start coming at it from a holistic perspective and understanding that for a lot of women, uh, the heart is just as important as the genitals. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, In yep. fact, right? You know that, that if you really want to turn women on, you've got to start with our mind. Mm -hmm. You've got to start with our heart. You've got to go with our whole body. Right. Right. Turn us on emotionally and, and energetically. And then physically with the whole body and then genitally and, oh, my goodness, then we're using the whole instrument and okay. the music we can make is amazing. Right, right. Then, then you're truly yeah. making the beautiful music, which is the analogy you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm curious because I hear and from a lot of different people in the sex emergination and then, and then the clients I work with, I hear a lot of what you're talking about that – you know, he just, he dives in too fast. You know, it's a lot of the metaphor that, cause he's, his wiring, I mean, I'll speak for my kind. My wiring is so different yeah. than a woman's wiring. It's mm -hmm. not that there's not a lot of similarity still mm -hmm. because we all started similar, you know, the, uh, the whole idea. <laughs> Actually, we're the default setting. <laughs> well, there, fair, fair enough. But I just but think yes, that the correlations between, you know, a man's penis and a woman's clitoris. And then, you know, there's a lot of different similarities, even though they've evolved different in the womb as, as the process unfolded. But I don't want to get caught into that part. I want to get part in. Well, we're, I want to come back to that. Okay. Well, only if you promise we can come no, back to let's that. go there now then let's do it. Well, well, let me just say this. Um, the woman's clitoris is not the equivalent of the man's penis. Women have a network of erectile structures. Correct. Uh, like, a, a, I think of it as a crown, and the clitoris is the jewel in the crown. Okay. But we've got just as much erectile tissue in our body, in our genitals, as a, a man has in his penis. Okay. And so one of the reasons we're not playing the whole instrument is we think it's all about the clitoris, which is 
very important, mm-hmm. very, very important. I don't want to downplay that importance, but we're not using the rest of the erectile network. And so we're not getting fully engorged. Okay. And so that's one of those misconceptions. Is Perfect. That those things are equivalent and they're not. Perfect. So but to get back to the wiring. Though, no, that's not yet, though, because because I want to I want to you've alluded to the idea of the entire erectile uh, network. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's let, let's explore the network to its fullest. Well, this is this is actually that's what my first book is about. It's that women have a network of structures. Um, and if we start, if we're using uh, the map that we have in our brain of there's the clitoris, mm-hmm. right? So if we start there, uh, the clitoris actually has three parts. Right. The part that we tend to know about that sort of sticks out is the head of the clitoris. Um, underneath the hood, there's the shaft of the clitoris. Um, and then there's legs. There's like They're like a wishbone. They're mm-hmm. about three or four inches long. So that's the three parts of the clitoris. And there's more. Right. Have, um, Here we go. All right. Visual okay. aids. If you're watching on visual YouTube, aids. if you're just listening, hop on YouTube and you'll see exactly what's going on. Aids. Okay. Head of the clitoris. Mm-hmm. The shaft is under here. The legs come down on either side. Right. Underneath all this other stuff. Under the labia, on either side, under here, are the vestibular bulbs. And these are big, juicy wads of rectile tissue. Okay. Here and here. Right. And if these are not engorged, it doesn't feel amazingly wonderful when there's something moving in and out of the vagina. Right. That's the idea of she's not then prepared because she's not fully engorged and aroused. Is that what you're describing? Exactly. And there's more erectile tissue. There's two other areas of erectile tissue that are inside. There's the area above the roof, which is up there and under the floor. Okay. And so now you see what I mean about like a crown. Like There's this circuit, this ring of erectile tissue. Yep. And what can happen with women, if just part of that, network is activated, we can still get aroused and we can even have orgasms, but we're not getting the full arousal and we're not getting the most spectacular kind of orgasms. Okay. So if you want to get the best, then you want to get every part engorged. And I'll also mention that you want to tend to go from the outside. So the bulbs are a good first area to work with. Okay. Um, then perhaps the clitoral structures. And then only at that nice level of arousal and engorgement would you go for the inner structures. Okay. And so what happens, I think, for a lot of people is we have what I call premature penetration. Yep. That uh, with with fingers or a penis, uh, that there's entry way too soon before you have full engorgement of everything. And I'll also say that for women, it's also about that energetic arousal, that whole body arousal. So not only do we need full genital engorgement, we need our mind turned on. Right. We want our heart turned on. Right. And so you need both. So you right. need full, uh, whole self-arousal as well as genital arousal. And at that point, then whatever happens is going to feel amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Because you, yeah. you've worked up towards it and both of you yes. are, are fully engaged would be the ultimate. And that way it's satisfactory mm-hmm. on both sides of this equation. Mm-hmm. But And uh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. For most women, that takes 30 to 45 minutes. That was going to be my question point. is we're talking about some time that's invested to make this process unfold. 
because yeah, it's not exactly. as simple as just flipping a switch. Right. <laughs> okay. It's really true. And, and I'll just add also that as we develop mastery of our erotic capacity, which we can all do, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever kind of body we have, uh, we can get better at making those things happen more easily sure. and more quickly. So it is possible once you really become a virtuoso for a woman to get pretty turned on in five or 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. Although even with that erotic capacity, really uh, at your full um, uh, mastery, even with that, it's still better when you take 45 minutes. It's always <laughs> going to be better. Okay. So since you alluded to it, the idea of we can become uh, better virtuosos and, and, and turn that on that process faster. How, what are some ways that, that, that you have discovered or teach that are the best to not necessarily always speed this up? Cause I can, I can always hear my kind cause I would be quick to do mm-hmm. this too. How do I make it happen faster? You know, how do I mm-hmm. speed this whole thing up? Because I'm a, yeah. ma- I'm a microwave dinner kind of a guy rather than the slow <laughs> crock pot meal. But to the, to the husbands out there, I'm going to say straight out, crockpot food is fantastic. So you're going to have to just wait for it sometimes because it's worth it. It is. But how do, what, what are some of the things that, that can be done that do help mm-hmm. at least become a better mastery, ma- better mastery over my own process? Well, you know, the thing is, it's like playing an instrument. It really is. Okay. Um, and so we can develop skills. And we can get better and better at it. And then we can become a, a virtuoso and keep learning. There's right. never an end to the learning. Right. And one of the great things about uh, a long-term relationship is you really can be in a deep learning partnership with each other. Right. And that's really one of the, the amazing benefits of that is that you really get to learn that together. So how do you use those things? And you can use them not just to go quicker, but to go to go deeper, to get bigger, to have it be more pleasurable. Right. So they're, they're multi-purpose tools. Right. And the way I think of it is I think of it that we have tools of the mind, the body, the heart, and the spirit. Okay. That we were all born with these toolkits. Mm-hmm. So the body tools are breath, sound, movement, touch, smell, taste. And um, and the other one, breath, <laughs> <laughs> vision, right? <laughs> and our vision includes our outer vision, and when we close our eyes, our inner vision, right. As well, so we can use those tools. And the, the sort of the, the key tools are going to be breath, uh, sound, and movement. Okay. So, for example, by taking some deep, slow breaths. And making sounds of pleasure and perhaps even, you know, undulating a little or playing with your pelvic floor muscles for men and women, um, playing with your pelvic floor muscles, you can start turning yourself on. Okay. Uh, and also to keep in mind that arousal is actually a dance between excitement and relaxation. Okay. So sometimes what we need to do is is calm down, get centered, get relaxed, not be so distracted by our brains. Mm-hmm. So so the same way we can use the same tools. We can breathe more slowly to calm ourselves down. Uh, if we're feeling like our uh, we're, we're not on the same wavelength as our partner, we can breathe together right. to get synchronized. Right. 
And we might want to start with nice, deep, slow breaths, maybe eye gazing or, you know, maybe just, you know, taking a moment to, to share words. Right. Um, uh, you can do it as part of ritual. It can be, it can be spiritual. Um, so there's, we can use all no, of those. I, I get it. Right? Cause you're almost describing, cause I, I think a lot of times for married couples, and this is what happens in my mm-hmm. own life is how do I transition from a busy day with kids and schedules mm. and being a chauffeur and housework oh, and gosh, dishes yeah. and all that stuff yeah. that's not a turn on. Unless mm-hmm. I do believe in the power of the mind and the spirit that we can make mm-hmm. those things a little more turn on-ish by mm-hmm. just how we approach it and what we do with it and the banter that we can reframe it and, mm-hmm. and, and use some power within that. But you're, it, there's still mm-hmm. that element of what you're describing is a great tool to transition from mm-hmm. caregiver, manager of household roles into mm-hmm. lover roles yeah yeah and and we create the 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 transition ritual that works for us Mm -hmm. it might be that maybe you go take a shower together right and that's a lovely way to wash off the day and (laughs) good metaphor and start and start becoming you know sensual with each other and connected or or maybe we we um i know a lot of your audience are christian maybe we pray together right maybe we take a few moments yes uh, maybe we we do a gratitude prayer where we we just you know that's a mm-hmm. gratitude is so powerful whether you do it with a spiritual uh, inclination or Absolutely. not but to just to take a little time and maybe share three things that we're really grateful to our partner for yeah and that's just connecting with the heart and the love and the opening the heart and so we can create anything we want right um, that's going to fit us perfectly and our, our lifestyle. Right. Um, but a transition ritual is so helpful because we do have to shift. We yes. have to go into a different space. And then all of those same tools can help us get more aroused, more turned on, more excited. Yep. Um, and uh, the mind tools, our awareness, our attention, what we're focusing on. Uh, and those are all trainable. Those are all things we can teach ourselves. Okay. And so you're just describing that as this process is unfolding, not only how we enter into it, but how we continue these skills throughout it, you're, you're, you're basically talking about this allows us to uh, slow down and go even deeper, slow down yeah. and connect even more, or just be right. more aware and experience and savor more than... Because I know a lot of times for married couples as well, we get caught in this whole, I don't have a whole lot of time unless we're on vacation. And that's why vacation sex always has its own <laughs> its own aura to it, because you just take a lot of those life pressures out. And it truly is just some time to, you know, you just recreate why you love in and dig each other, right? Right, but, where you have fun, having fun together. Right. And a lot of the things in our lives aren't that much fun. <laughs> making dinner, just washing the dishes. Yeah. Right. It's just not that much fun. So vacation uh, enables us to have fun. We're doing new and exciting things. Mm-hmm. So all of those things, bringing in novelty and newness. Right. Is really is 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 important. Uh, having fun together, right? Uh, doing something that actually gets your adrenaline. Like go ride on a roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just that alone gets you excited. Right. And your your adrenaline up, and then you look at your partner, and you're like, "Oh, I remember you. Yeah. You were fun. Yeah, 
That's okay. There's lots of ways to do, to use the tools. Right. Um, And uh, the other thing about vacation sex is we're not surrounded by our stuff. Right. So I'm not looking at the pile of dirty laundry or noticing that there's cobwebs on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) And and back to just the the sort of energetics, that sort of, uh, what what I like to think of as as pussycat and puppy dog energy. Okay. So um, uh, pussycats, (laughs) we're distractible. Okay. If I'm looking, if I see cobwebs, I'm not thinking about the pleasurable thing my my husband is doing to me. I'm thinking, oh man, I've wow. got oh, look yeah. at those. I got to dust. What's it going to take to right? get up there to dust all of that? Wow. Okay, I need exactly. to add that to the okay. list. Right. Okay, so vacation is good because it's not my house, it's not my stuff, it's not my mess. Um, so it is important to create an environment, especially in your bedroom yep. or wherever you you're going to play. It's uh, it's beautiful. That doesn't have mesh. Yep. Whether it's you curtain something off or you throw some cloth over it, or right. you make sure your computer's in another room. You don't have your phone by the bed. You know, you really create an environment that's sacred and special. Right. And non-distracted. Yeah, we're we're advocates uh, of your bedroom is the sanctuary for sleep and sex and that's the only thing that goes on in there. That you don't pay bills yeah. in there. You don't uh-huh. have tense arguments in there. That it yeah. truly is just for that because there's something about the energy and the memories that mm-hmm. we make can mm-hmm. keep either help us in fanning the flame mm-hmm. or squash that stuff. Because mm-hmm. you, you know, because you're describing, if you trip over piles of laundry in the midst of some erotic thralls, it's going to be gonna, one of you is going to lose it most likely. Because it's like the maybe we should stop and fold laundry. No, no, no. La- folding laundry is not foreplay. Sorry, it's. A- <laughs> It could be. Sometimes I say, like, washing the dishes is actually pretty good for them. Yeah. Okay, that's scary. Not really. It's good for creating that environment right. where I will feel more free and less distracted. Right. But but to go back to the pussycat puppy dog thing for a moment, yes. I think it's been a really useful analogy for a lot of people. So when I, when I talk about um, taking more time and going slow and understanding the differences... Just think of it like you don't play with a dog the same way you play with a cat. Right. Okay. That's so good. Most dogs, most dogs, yep. most friendly dogs, I haven't been traumatized. Most dogs in about 30 seconds, they'll be on their back going, rub my tummy, rub my tummy, right? Okay? So yes. Like, they're, they're eager and enthusiastic. They love to play. Uh, they're loyal. They're focused. Yep. They love to have a job. Yep. A dog wants a job. Yep. You know? And what does dog want after it's done a good job? It wants to be told, good, good boy. Good job. Yep. Good, good job. Good. I always say to my husband, great dog. <laughs> it's not good dog. It's great dog. Great right? dog. <laughs> I said that this morning, great dog. Yep. Because I don't know, he just did some little thing that yeah. he was doing. I'm like, great dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he he's so like. That's a term of that. endearment. Absolutely. Yep. It is. It is. It's. It's. It, and it's not even just you were a good dog. You were great. Anyway, so so dogs like praise. Yep. They really, they treats treats are good too, but praise is good too. So so I know that, if, that what part of making him happy is I know that when he gets praised, admired, he gets treats, 
he gets appreciated, it really means a lot to him. Okay. It's not as important to me. I like it. It's just not as important. Right. Because a a pussycat's not into the praise like a dog, like a puppy dog for sure. No. I want to be, I want the right kind of attuned attention. Okay. So, okay. So if you come over to my house and you want to play with one of my pussycats, Right? Are you going to run up to the cat and grab it and try and rub its tummy? Of course not. Right. right. If you want to play with a pussycat, first you get its attention. Right? You're like, yep. And you make eye contact. Yep. And then you have to show that you're safe because a pussycat cannot relax and open until she feels safe. Mm-hmm. And you are going to approach the kitty. You're going to, you're, but you've got to do it at the right pace. Right. And how do you know? You look at the signals. Right. You just you read right? you read the situation going on between you. Exactly. So yep. is she opening towards you? Okay, then you keep going. Is she kind of closing up a little? Oh, you've gone too fast. Right. And so if you do want to rub the kitty's belly, if you want that, I like to call that purring puddle of pussy cat. Mm-hmm. If you do want that, you've got to show that you know how to give her pleasure mm-hmm. and that you're safe and you're paying attention to her signals. And when you do that, she will slowly unfold, relax, right. open, and then just surrender. Right. And that's what you want, right? That's then you're yeah. doing a great dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you do it a great job. You're right. Okay. Right. Because mm-hmm. then, then you guys are, then you're both experiencing what can be created together at its heightened fullness, right? That it's, that it, mm-hmm. it truly is that, that depth that's beyond just what you do physically. That's like an essence mm-hmm. of the intertwining of souls almost. That's almost the spiritual yeah. bonding that can happen with sex. That's the truing, you know, to me, it's that true knowing and being known. Right, that, that's mm-hmm. that's really intimacy of it, where mm-hmm. where you do just kind of melt into each other, if you will. Right. I mean, and isn't that the trans one of the translations of sort of you know like you know somebody knew somebody right right, right. in the like in the Bible right. that's that is the translation of that, yep. and I think that that's really accurate and and I I, I think amazing sex. I like to say it's the glue and the lubricant of long-term relationship. Okay. That's a good description. Right? It, yeah. Right. It, it, it helps you stick together when, yep. and we need to stick together. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. a tough world and we need to stick together. Um, but also there can be friction. It can be, you know, but we need that little bit of slip and slide. So uh, great sex does that. It's, it's so, um, I don't know. I don't, I, it, in a way it's underrated. I mean, I, I, I know people have a lot of emphasis on sex and, and its greatness, but I think it's also in some ways sort of not minimized, but as if it's just sex. Right. And it is, can, can be. Right. Absolutely. Can be. It's but multifaceted. It can, also be, it can also be that significant glue and lubricant right. that, that makes it you know, a joyful thing to be with your partner. Right. And that's, so what you're describing is, I mean, if, if I was to kind of sum up what we're, cause we've gone a, a lot of places that all have landed in the same arena, if you will, that the, the goal is 
how do I recognize that this is a dance? It's a, there's some, some give and take, there's some uh, start, stop, there's some slow down, connect, reconnect, connect, reconnect. I mean, it, that it truly is, it's not just one thing if you look at it in its nuanced forms, right? That mm-hmm. a sexual interlude is not just, okay, we, we began and we finished. It's, it's a lot mm-hmm. of little things in between it where there's some true knowing and knowing and being known or some connecting and losing the connection because of a distraction and then reconnecting. And that's where those tools come back in of, okay, I just need to breathe, get back engaged with my senses, get back engaged with the surroundings around me and, Mm -hmm. and keep going. Right. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, I'll say probably more so with women, but for a lot of people, what goes on in our brains distracts us. Right. So, you know, maybe something lovely is happening and then we start, I don't know, maybe just think, oh goodness, my, my butt looks fat or right. we get annoyed at our, our partner because they do something that isn't working for us right. that we didn't like, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe they say something and it didn't land for us. The right. Way they right. And so on and so forth. But anyway, we get up here. Yeah. So we're up here, we're going up here, and then we're not in our body, we're not being present, we're not getting turned on, and we're losing that connected energy that we can get. And so it's really important to have a, a toolkit where we can notice that's awareness and attention. Yep. Notice, oh, I'm not being present. I'm missing it. Right. <laughs> I'm missing right. all the good stuff right, right now. Right. <laughs> so what what can I do to get back and to know? I know the things I can do to get back. And I might just do them myself. I might just breathe a little more consciously, expand my breath, make some sound, move. Um, I might let my partner know, oh, I got a little lost there. Right. Um, come help me. Right. Let's do something together that will help help me come back or help us get reconnected. And so it's really, um, again, it's about having a big bag of tools of your own, your solo tools, I call them, and also having partner tools right. that we can work with together. And um, one of the things I recommend so strongly um, is that our sex lives are not just the times we're being sexual together. Okay. But that we, we also, we need three different, I think we need three different kinds of uh, connection around sex. One is the spontaneous dance of, of the actual erotic uh, encounter. Okay. Um, I also think we need to talk about our sex lives when we're not having sex. Right. So that might be a, let's have a conversation about our sex lives. Right. And it might, you might want to start by going, I feel really kind of weird and awkward doing this. (laughs) Yes. And I think it's important, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've noticed this is a, maybe this is a pattern we have, right? You know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm having some challenges around what happens, whatever. Right. But to have those conversations, and also not all of those conversations should be about things that aren't working. Exactly. Yeah, this is not constant, <laughs> here's the problems we've got, let's keep focusing on those in this area, right? Yeah, so it's also important to have conversations of what's working, what's good, and I also like to throw in one of those at the end of an erotic encounter. We call it uh, playing the highlights reel. <laughs> okay. That's good. So it's it's just, you know, after when you're 
done and your kind of brain is back online, mm-hmm. say to your partner three three moments or things that happen that you really, really liked. Okay. You know, and it could be, oh, that moment where you just looked in my eyes and touched yep. my heart. I just, oh, or it could be something that's really kind of raunchy. It's, yeah. it's nah. you know, but it's those, you know, three moments that are just sort of standing out is really spectacular from that encounter. And that's another way of making sure you're having conversations about the good and the positive. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing are what uh, I call playpens. And they're a session, a time and space that you set up to play a learning game. Okay. So say you want to get some of these techniques of how to use uh, breath and sound and pelvic floor muscles, which is a great starting one. You might say with your partner, let's spend an hour practicing some of this some breath, sound, pelvic movement techniques. Um, let's do maybe the first uh, 10 minutes, we'll practice this, and then we'll practice that, then we'll talk about it for 10 minutes, then we'll practice another thing. Right. Or maybe it's a five-minute session, maybe it's 10 minutes. Okay. It doesn't, it's, there's no set amount of time except that what you set. Right. And that's great because sometimes a 10-minute playpen is all you have time for. Right. Uh, sometimes you have three hours. But the, right. the point is the intentionality that's, that's underneath it all, that we're taking out the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's a time that's specifically not about getting aroused and orgasmic, although that might happen, mm-hmm. but it's a time for learning and communication. Okay. So, for example, uh, many of us are, are not good erotic communicators. Okay. So maybe there's something I would like my partner to do, but I don't know how to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe my partner's doing something that's not quite exactly what I want. Right. Right. Uh, he's stroking my leg, but he's stroking it fast and I'd like it slow. Right. Right. It could be very simple. So anything that comes up, we can make into a playpen. So the playpen could be, let's do a playpen about touching. Okay. And the different kinds of speeds of touching. Or let's do a playpen about feedback. Maybe we'll use foot massage. And I'm going to give you a foot massage, and you're going to ask for what you want, and you're going to give me feedback about how it's working. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to reverse. And then there are also, of course, techniques we can learn, specific techniques right. about how to give feedback in ways that work. Right. Right. You know, we, you probably talked about the, the positivity sandwich. Right. Talk well, about that. yeah, I, a little yeah. bit, but I'm just thinking of this idea that you're describing, um, cause I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of going on a macro view for a second of, of marriage mm-hmm. that uh, most of the people, especially in the sexy marriage nation, they're looking for uh, more engagement and more eroticism or adventure or whatever in sex that would equate to better sex. But mm-hmm. yet we don't always p- think of it in terms of if I want to get better at something, I've have to practice, but it's not just practice doing the act. Yeah. It's practice the other parts of myself and my relationship that are required uh-huh. in the act. And that's what you're describing yeah. here. That it's yeah. not just spend more time in the lab where you could just be creating a routine that's not really being effective and you just keep doing what yeah. you've always have done. And it, one of you is like painfully bored <laughs> with it, you know, Probably both of you maybe, yeah, bored, if but. you're honest, but you're, just, you're, you're talking about this idea of, okay, I need to spend some intentional time. 
honing other aspects of me and other aspects of our relationship and each other, because that will then spin into this area of us. Very much so. Think of it like if you were a musical duet. Right. Right. Sometimes you're going to get together and jam and just make music and it's just going to be the music you make. Right. And it could be really different at different times. Right. Other times, though, you're going to want to try and rehearse something. You're going to go, let's practice that riff. How did that go? It was like this. Here, let me try it. No, I'm not quite getting it. Can you help me get it? Yeah. Okay. Right. So sometimes you're doing that where you're you're learning and and teaching each other how to do it. Maybe sometimes you just want to check in about how's our musical duet going? What (laughs) do we need to work on? Exactly. What's, What's working? What's not working? What can we do better? How can we become better musicians together? That's, well, I, that's a perfect landing zone right there for this. That, that, so. that we're in the point of trying to become better musicians together. That, uh-huh. that I, I have to carry my part, my partner has to carry theirs, and then we have to work together in harmony. There it is. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Well, Sherry, tell people how they can find more of you, because I'd, I have to believe in the sexy imagination. This is going to be sparking some. I need some more. Tell, me, tell, me how, tell people how they can find you. Well, my website is the place to go to find all sorts of goodies. Uh, it's intimate, I-N-T-I-M-A-T, arts, plural, A-R-T-S, center, spelled the American way, C-E-N-T-E-R, uh, dot com. Uh, there's blogs, there's video blogs and written blogs. There's all kinds of freebies mm-hmm. and some free. I don't even know, free webinars and stuff like that. Um, you can also get my books. You can go through my website. You can go to Amazon and get my books there. There's also online courses and classes that I offer, which are recorded in-depth right. classes about pretty much everything we've touched on. Right, exactly. In, in, this, there's, in this session. There's a wealth of resources there. So Yeah. And, you know, if people ever want to do one-on-one, like, uh, you know, Skype, sessions mm-hmm. i'm available for that perfect well sherry thank you very much for taking some time with us to to lead us down this journey um if nothing else i'm taking to the bank the analogy of the pussycat and the puppy dog that is a spot-on description isn't that useful <laughs> it's <is> very very <laughs> good it's very very good well this has been sexy marriage radio uh to the sexy marriage nation thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us Uh, If we left something undone, 214-702-9565 is how you can let us know, and we'll we'll pick up where we left off if we have to. So uh, we'll hope to see you again next time. Thanks Thanks for joining us.